How many of you have ever had something happen to you and it just shocked you as completely out of your experience? You never experienced it before and you just sort of sat there and go, I don't get it. And you just back off. Have any of you ever had anything like that happen to you? Okay. Well, the text we have this morning is going to have one of those moments for the disciples. Even though they knew it was kind of coming, they had some people telling them about it. They'd been to the tomb. They'd talked to angels. And yet, they're going to have one of those moments. So I want you to recognize that, that there's a number of things that happen in, in our lives when we experience a spot like that. One of them is disbelief, right? I saw it, but I don't believe it. Right, which, which brings up this whole question about whether belief and witnessing are the same thing, because sometimes we don't believe our eyes. But what about fear? Does fear ever come into those moments? Yeah, is the world changing? Yeah, absolutely. Um, what about rejection? You just reject it. You say, I don't want any part of that. I don't get it. The reason I say this is is before we get to the text is I once met a young man. He said, I went to church once and I didn't understand anything they were doing. And I left. I just rejected it. Now there's some other questions there. Um, do you believe the same things the people in the church believe? Well, no. Well, why would you expect to understand everything they're doing? If your belief systems are different, but let's get into this text about this because this is a view, this text that I have, I want to spend a little bit of time about what Christ does, what Jesus does when he comes into a community and how he overcomes. Because, by the way, he is something that most of us have never understood properly when we first meet him, right? When you, under, when you first came to Jesus and you met Jesus, was he exactly like everybody else in the world? So... There's this spot where you're going to meet somebody outside of your understanding and your reaction is that, but he comes into a community that's having that reaction. And I just want us to see how he deals with it so that we can then become a people like that. Let's do this. Let's turn to Luke 24. Here we go. This is Luke 24 um, verses 35. Then the two from Emmaus told their story of how Jesus had appeared to them as they were walking along the road and how they had recognized him in the breaking of the bread. And just as they were telling about it, Jesus himself was suddenly standing amongst them. So, so there's the warning, right? We, did you know we were on the road with Jesus today? I know he was crucified just, just here, and, I, and we're all huddling, hoping to not be rounded up by the police. But we just met him on the road, and then suddenly he's amongst us. It says this, peace be to you. And the whole group was startled and frightened, thinking they had seen a ghost. Startled and frightened. Have you ever, you've, I've already covered this with you, that you have had one of those moments in your life where something completely outside of your understanding happened. Have you ever been near somebody else when that's gone on? How do you deal with them? How do you help them when they're startled and frightened? This is what Jesus does. Why are you frightened? And why are your hearts filled with doubt? Look at my hands. Look at my feet. 
You can see that it's really me. Touch me and make sure you know that I'm not a ghost. There's this gospel moment in our lives where Jesus says to us, come and see. I know you don't get it. Come and see. You know, taste and see. Come and see. Just check it out for a second. Take a little moment. Be invited in. There's something normal going on here. This is who I said I was going to be. Here I am. Check it out. Suddenly, you're in this spot where you're frightened and a, and a familiar voice says to you, come and see. So I want you to put yourself for a moment in the disciples' shoes and understand what it is to hear a familiar voice when you're scared that says, it's all right. Here I am. I'm with you. Now you can begin to understand what it is like for somebody that doesn't know anything about Jesus to come in here and go, I don't get it. I'm confused. And what is the proper way? If we're following Christ's example in community, what is the proper way to help figure out for somebody else? Come and see. You know, when somebody walks into the church for the first time, you know, the amount of things they don't know is almost beyond comprehension. They don't know where the bathrooms are. They don't know where to sit. They don't know what time the sitting starts. They don't know, they don't know if there's going to be a prelude. They don't know announcements. They don't know any of it. And so in this way, the come and see becomes essentially the tour guide for the confused. Jesus has spent some time in our lives being the tour guide for the confused, hasn't he? He has done that for me. He spent some time being the tour guide for me when I was definitely confused about the difference between having a set of beliefs and meeting Jesus as a person. Because when I got out of college, I didn't know anything about this person of Jesus. I knew had a lot of belief structure but I didn't know this person, this actual person, Jesus. And the little voice in the ear that said to me that was a sort of a, sort of a come and see was, was different than that. It didn't actually use those words. It said, by the way, I'm leading a Bible study tomorrow night, and I'm a little concerned there won't be anybody there. Would you come be a friend and sit next to me? in case nobody else is there. And that is a form of come and see, isn't it? Just come and check it out. Give somebody a lifeline, will you? Throw them the vest. If they're off the boat, you know, throw the ring at them so that until the help gets there, they can hold on and float in the water. That's what Jesus is doing. Here are my hands and my feet. Come and see. C.S. Lewis would would say even more about that in the Christian life. He would say, as soon as it's the Christian faith is bigger on the inside than it is on the outside. Right? You come in and it looks kind of small and strange, and you go in and it's just this big far country inside, and you go, wow, I didn't see any of that from the outside. Further up, further in is the call to the Christian. And just so you just so I don't 
want you to think that I'm only talking about you being the tour guide to somebody else, but Jesus is never done being the tour guide for you because there's always something here that's beyond what you can understand. Because this ordinary person, Jesus, whom they know, is also Lord of the universe. And if you can wrap your brain around that one for a second, then you don't need a tour guide. But I've done a lot of reading on it, and I understand mystery now differently than I used to. Mystery isn't something you can't understand. Mystery is now something you can spend the rest of your life understanding. Further up, further in, come and see. Can you sit next to me while I'm a little concerned about something? All those are the voice of Jesus in our hearts doing that. Can, and as you're sitting there, can you remember somebody doing that for you? Because if you can, then you can imagine how it can be done by you for somebody else. That would be a big deal, wouldn't it? That we would become a community of Christ like Christ in the community. Let's read on because there's more. As he spoke, he showed them his hands and feet, and still they stood there in disbelief, but filled with joy and wonder. And then he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he ate it as they watched. And he said, when I was with you before, I told you everything written about me in the law. I'm going to stop there for a second. How ordinary of an act is, by the way, do you have anything to eat? Right? You've got these people, they're starting to be filled with awe, but there is a whole bunch of shock and disbelief still going on. I think that's better, it won't be. So they've moved from just sheer outright panic to some disbelief and some wonder. Ooh, this is different. And Jesus pulls out a very normal activity. Hey, do you have any food? Lord of the universe, crucified king of the world. Hey, by the way, I'm a little hungry. How normal an activity is that? Just sort of normalize it down for a moment. Just bring it down into the recognition that we're in this spot. But there's more going on in a meal in the Near East. They used to have this saying, it goes like this. If you won't put your feet under my table, then you can't be my friend. It was a food analogy that when you eat with somebody, or if, so if you won't sit at the table and put your feet under it and eat, then you, won't, then you can't be a friend. But it goes the other way too. Once you put your feet under my table, you can't be an enemy. Because we've eaten together. There's something about that being together. Jesus is renewing this thing that says we are friends. Remember, just in the middle of your shock and awe, and you're sitting there going, I don't get it. Sort of normalizes the behavior a little bit. It's sort of like Pie Sunday to a newcomer. Right? I don't get this thing about church, but we're going to go in there and there'll be snacks. 
and and it'll just sort of normalize. We'll eat together and we'll begin to know each other and we'll do this thing. Jesus is doing this. That's kind of cool. Can you see the disciples if they start over here? If over here is sheer panic and they go, we don't get it. We're running for the hills. They're starting to be kind of over here, right? They, they start to go, it is Jesus. Maybe the angels we saw at the tomb are telling us the thing, and by the way, these two that we know that were on the road were saying, we saw him in the bread. Wow, it's really him. Could it be him? But, but you don't get it. I want you, I don't want you to, I want to invite you for a moment to just sort of live and understand that you live in a universe where your ability to understand everything is gone. Even within my own family, I have two kids that can explain something to me over and over and over again, and it wouldn't matter because my ability to understand it is gone. Do you have somebody in your life that does some things that you don't understand? Do you get mad at them and say, well, I can't interact with them because they know stuff I don't know? But people do that with Christianity. They believe weird things. I, I can't understand that. I'm out of here. Well, I don't understand physical chemistry or quantum chemistry as Alex works on it. That doesn't mean it's not real. It just means my capacity isn't quite the same as somebody else's. I want to make sure that we live in that moment where we understand that not everything has to be completely held tight with our hands and white knuckled and everything. You know, if, if you want to talk theory of running with somebody, I bet Randy Stebbins could talk to you for half an hour about theories of training and how to avoid shin splints and all that stuff. After half an hour, how many of you will understand all of that? You just won't. It's that way. Life is that way. So just get used to it a little bit, being in a spot where you maybe don't understand something and you're going to go, huh? But, but the stuff you do to understand, the things about Jesus that we don't understand are starting to be outweighed by the things we do understand about him. And you begin to trust him and you still are in a spot of, huh? But yes, he is Lord. But there's more to this story. I just want to talk about how Jesus is in community. Lots of times, I, I, I've used this example with you before. I don't think it's been a while. Um, there's a church and a pastor I know that when a newcomer comes into church, he says this. He says, have a seat for six months and let us get to know you. Right? If, if you remember this example? The next thing out of his month, a year later is, how come you're just still sitting there? Right? They're being obedient. They've done what he said. But that's not what Jesus does. Let's go further into this as he says this. This is verse 44. When I was with you before, I told you that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. And then he opened their minds to understand what he had told them before and again and again and again and again. And he said, yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. It was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all nations, 
there is that there is beginning in Jerusalem, there is forgiveness of sins for all who repent, and you are witnesses of these things. And then he blessed them. The Father will send the Holy Spirit as promised. And then he blessed them and left. Do you see the simultaneous sort of nature of being given information and being sent? There isn't this trial period of go sit on the pew for six months and become a pew potato and get used to sitting and not doing anything. I see I got that with somebody. Did you know there's no fat cells in the body of Christ? That's That's not a policy of the body of Christ is just to have people that don't do nothing. And so we don't get used to that. But as we're learning, we're also being sent out as he's being crucified, the message that said he was going to be crucified also said that there would be witnesses that would proclaim the message. That's the people that have heard the message. And as they start to understand it and they do that, they get sent out. And, and sometimes, I, just from experience, you're going to mess it up. It's all right. It's his project. He's the Lord of the universe. He's the one in charge. Didn't I say something like that to you this morning, Art? You asked me, how's how's it going? I said, I don't know. I'm just following directions. He's in charge. It's, It's pretty much like being a private in the army. There is a general up there that sees the whole thing. Do you know that our whole life as a Christian church is sort of looking at a tapestry from the back and we see all the knots and all these things and we don't really see the whole design? But what if the person directing us to tie knots knows the whole design? And he's just asking us to play our part and to be patient. But this is what happens. Remember, over here is what? Sheer panic and disbelief. Well, as you start to get in this spot and this come and see and you understand, you come over here and you and you have some, wow, I don't get it, but wow, I don't get it. You see how different that is? I don't get it. Wow, I don't get it, but it's cool. This is the last line of them. And so they worshiped him, and then they returned to Jerusalem filled with great joy, and they spent all their time in the temple praising God. What does Christ and community do for us? He moves us over there from that spot of, uh, into the spot where we can go, I don't get it, but I love him. And it's a process, right? There's a filling, there's an understanding, there's an opening of our minds, there's being near people, there's doing things, there's talking to people, there's all that. And that's what church is about. Jesus is taking even his disciples from a spot of just sheer panic to praising him all the time. I heard this the other day. We think about this. It's more important to be prayerful than to pray. I'm going to make, I'm going to sort of rattle your cages just a little bit. What does it mean to be prayerful? You're just, you're, you're talking to God all the time and you're sort of in prayer as you go. We often think of prayer as come, come outside of time and we sit there and we don't do anything, but we talk to God. What if you were talking to God while you were praying and, and talking to God while you were cooking? and talking to God while you're eating pie on Pie Sunday, and talking to God while you're inviting somebody to church, and talking to God about the person on the highway. That's my weak spot. 
And then <laughs> what, what if we were just prayerful all the time? Jesus in community creates this spot where we change from not understanding to praising. And you can have a role in that. Just as that voice said to me, can you come sit beside me when you can't do anything other than that? The come and see. Did you know that you have a spot that you can do come and see just like that for somebody else? It's like this. Here's a personal story, and I'll end with this, that we could learn to do this. Now, some of you know me as fairly outgoing. Right, I'm a little outgoing. <laughs> That's not right. That's more than that. <laughs> I I am, and I have rectified this in myself. I understand that I might be the three most outgoing people you've ever met. But here's the deal. Did you know I was at annual conference this last week, and there was a spot where there's 1,200 people in the other room because we had our conference and another conference together in one building, and they're coming and going. And I was sitting there feeling disjointed, like I didn't have anybody to sit with, and I really needed somebody to sit with, and I was sitting out there. Now, I know that that some of you feel like that all the time, but some of you would think Dave would never feel that way. He'd just go find somebody to sit with him, and then he'd have a conversation and miss the whole meeting. And and yes, that's true, except for I was sitting there going, I don't know. It'd be really nice to be invited, you know, to have somebody to join. And somebody that, that I wasn't expecting and it came up and said, will you come sit with us? Come sit with us. Right now, it wasn't, Hey, at conference next month, let's get together and have lunch. It was, we're coming on in. Come on in with us. That's quite a difference. Let me put that in normal tones for us. Hey, come to church sometime. When? I don't know, whenever. I'm going to church Sunday at 1030. Would you like me to come by and get you? We could go to lunch afterwards. Do you see the difference between those two things? Come to church sometime and, hey, I'm coming, come with me on this date. Even for a person like me, who who probably hasn't ever been without a friend wherever he's been, I needed somebody to make that invitation for me. And that was Christ's voice in that moment. Do you think that that it's possible that you might be Christ's voice in a moment for somebody else that just says, hey, come and see. Come and sit. I know know you don't have anywhere to go, and there's no assigned seats or anything. It's all good. Just come with me. It's a little confusing. I can be your tour guide for the moment. We all need that. Jesus in community. Jesus in the body of Christ. Jesus in us individually does that all over the place, and he uses all sorts of voices to do it. Come and see. Come be welcome. Come make somebody else welcome. Will you pray with me? Lord Jesus, I thank you for today. I thank you for the love that you have in us, that you pour through us, that you change us into 
people that are only reject and are fearful into praising and wondering and awestruck people. 